Baruch Hashem. People are learning. Baruch Hashem. But sometimes we ask ourselves, or we should be asking ourselves, the connection between our learning and Avodat Hashem. Does it affect us as people? Does it affect our relationship with the Rabbana of Shalom? Does it improve our, our tefillah, our davening? So this mini Yom Yun is uh, going to tackle that discussion from a few different angles. The last session we're going to have people talking about how they, who are working in the professional world and how they find time for their Vodas Hashem. But in order to get to that point, wanting to make that time in your day, in your schedule, right now, while you're learning here and filling up your, your tanks with all the Torah and Kain Yerbu, you have to already now ask yourselves the question, what am I doing with this? How is this helping me improve, be a better person, and be a better Oved Hashem? So we have uh, our Rosh Shiva and wonderful guest speakers and guest panel who are going to help us uh, understand what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish here. Thank you. In a sense, uh, you know, we should be having this only Yun in a sense. Bezat uh, Hashem, you'll get married, or you better yet, you will, you will fall in love and get married. Uh, I hope when you're going to date, you won't talk to your prospective wife. What is the importance of love in uh, in a relationship, or what? Uh, in other words, you just actually experience, you just enjoy her company and just feel good being together, rather than think about having these philosophical uh, discussions about the importance of love in relationships, etc., etc. My grandmother Shalom, used to say about shiduchim that a good svara heren besamedrash. If you want to talk philosophy, go make me drash. If you want to have a if you want to have a relationship, just experience. Just uh, there's no there's no point in asking, reflecting. If we talk about parent-child relationships, I don't ask myself, you know, why is it? What's the philosophical importance of hugging your child or uh, you know, or, or benching him Friday night? You just do it because that is the relationship. Uh, and in a sense, right? This is what we want to arrive at Talmud Torah that uh, we, we really just want to experience the, its importance. Now, of course, nevertheless, there's a need to talk at times because um, some things are less intuitive and, uh, and maybe we... And at the end of the day, Alpia Yidia Tia Rambam says, the greater your knowledge, the deeper your knowledge, the better also the experience. And therefore, basically to appreciate what we're doing, if we reflect, we engage in self-reflection, Hopefully, it will also allow us to then experience better. So, therefore, this Yom Yun is very important and very crucial. Yishakor to uh, the organizers who've done it. Uh, I just one word of caution: Don't think that after you spend three hours listening to Nebuch Rashi Shiva and uh, some uh, you know important guest, that this will solve your problems. Now, you now you've done a workshop on Talmud Torah. And now you will take, you know, you take notes or whatever they do nowadays, uh, and you go back to Bet Midrash. And from tomorrow morning until today, you really didn't understand what's with Hashem. Now you have all the answers in your pinkas or in your iPhone or whatever. And from now on, you will be able to go, be with Hashem. It's, it's not a switch. This is not like learning. You know, take, take, uh, even even when you learn how to drive, you uh, putting from theory to practice or from the beginning to when you actually know how to drive takes a while, and certainly in this, it's not going to happen overnight. So it's important to talk about this, but let, let your expectations be, um, be realistic. You know, these issues of why am I learning and the like, well, uh, you know, I assume that every so often, you know, uh, they will come up, and um, as I said before, the better you get at this, the more experienced you are, the more proficient you are, the more you enjoy good svara, it will also enhance the experience. But it's not, as I said before, it's not, like you, it's not like you flip a switch and that's the end of that. Um, okay, um, now I'll begin with the following observation. We talk about, Chazal tell us, right, you should worship the Kaddish Baruch Hu with your whole personality. 
Lubavchem, by the way, means may mean. I'll talk about that in a minute, actually. Lubavchem, what's the Lubavchem? Excuse me, what's the Ovdo? The Ovdo Zo Tefillah. That's the Sifri, and that's the Gemara and Tanis of Beis. Ezi Avodashe Belev, Hevi Omer Zo Tefillah. So Avodashe Belev means how do you connect with Kadosh Baruch Hu? How do you worship Him? Through Tefillah. However, the Sifri also adds a second opinion, or a second drasha, which complements the first, Ula Ovdo, so Torah and Tefillah are defined as Avodah Belev. This is how you connect to Kadosh Baruch Hu. And in a sense, the same way you connect through Tefillah, you connect also through Torah. They're basically analogous. They go hand in hand. I'll say it differently. One is the intellectual. One is the more the emotional. One is the, the personality as it expresses itself through... Through its personality, through, well, through, through its emotions, the other through its intellect. Uh, the, what does it mean, Bechol Levavchem, by the way? Take a look at Ramban, Ibn Ezra, not in that Pasuk, on the Pasuk of Vatat Hashem Kechel Bechol So, uh, one interpretation, Bechol Levavchem, means your intellect. Lev in Tanakh often means Seichel. Um, for instance, Vatan Hashem Lechem, Lev Ladad, Veoznaim Lishmoa, Lev Ladat means knowledge or intellect to, uh, to know, to, to acquire knowledge. And another interpretation is that lev means uh, your emotions. It doesn't really matter because the Pasuk has b'chol levavchem u'v'chol nafshechem. So if lev means knowledge, so nefesh means emotions. If lev means emotions, nefesh means knowledge. Either way, we, uh, we make sure to include both of them. Now... Having said this, Avodah Belev is, in a sense, this drasha or this duality of drashot reflects exactly what I said a moment ago. One interpretation is tefillah, which is more the emotional part. The other is Torah, which is more the intellect. What's Avodah Belev? One option, one opportunity is through your intellect. The other is through your, uh, your personality. Now here's the deep paradox, which is where we're going to start off from. Tefillah is very easy to understand why. It's if why pray? Why should I dive in every day? The answer is very obvious. Well, you talk to God. It's, you know, it's, uh, we understand that you know, if there's a man-God relationship, so to express a relationship, you talk. You address those Baruch you, you do Shevach, Bakasha, Hoda. But relationships, when this thing should be expressed uh, by addressing the other party. So it's very, it's almost self-evident why we pray. And prayer, of course, is universal. Every religion, in, its own, in, in this form or another, prays. However, it's very difficult to pray. Now, the technique, why, is very simple to explain. How is very difficult. We all know that uh, it's extremely complicated not to be distracted, to properly focus, uh, to have concentration. And Mital loved to tell uh, Chassidus a story that in the times of the Besht, someone, um, they, they, they began a rumor and uh, all kind of excitement there was a new Rebbe, there was a new, uh, a new leader, and there was uh, a competition. Uh, anyway, a new, uh, a new phenomenon uh, has arisen and they may become a Rebbe. So people ask me the Besht, is, is he for real or not? So the answer was, ask him if he has a recipe to solve the problem of distractions in davening. Machshavot Zarot and Tefillah. If he has a recipe, he's fraud. And uh, this is, so we, we all know that Tefillah is uh, easy to explain why, but to explain how. Talmud Torah is the reverse. Talmud Torah, relatively, it's not easy. Obviously it's not easy. But nevertheless, we have a whole methodology and we know how to train people. It's intellectual discipline. Intellectual disciplines, we know how to train people. You, know, you come here, we give a methodology share, we can train you. you know, I, I go to my share tomorrow morning, I ask so-and-so to read, and then I ask him what, he, what his opinion is, and has, how he understands the, you know, the, the Rabbi Yana, and does he agree with Rabbi Yana? And there's a whole methodology to train people how to learn. On the other hand... There's, it's very, why? That's much more difficult. It's very, you know, it's to, to train someone 
in legal thinking, it's not easy, it's not a, it's not a cup of tea, but it's doable. And, and we certainly we have the tools, and hopefully you came to this yeshiva, amongst others, because you believe we can train you to how to learn. And on the other hand, why to learn, that's very, it's very strange. And now, um, let me take a step backwards. Jewish philosophy, systematic Jewish philosophy, you could say, begins with Sadia Gaon. Right, Tanakh and Chazal, not quite systematic philosophy. After Sadia Gaon, who was like number two on the list, at least from those who've come down to us, Rabbeinu Bache. He wrote a Musa book, but okay, it's also, it's philosophy of Musa. Read the introduction to Chavot HaLevavot. In the introduction to Chavot HaLevavot, so I didn't bring a quote here, it's a long quote also, but Rabbeinu Bache says, why waste your time learning even all day long? Uh, he, uh, his whole point, of course, his whole point is to promote the duties of the heart or ethical obligation, ethical and religious obligations. By religious obligation, he means in your heart. The devotees of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, Avodah Mamish. And in order to achieve that, he does something which maybe he shouldn't have or at least is... Not so simple, in order to elevate uh, the importance of Avodah Belev, or what he calls Chovot HaLevavot, he sort of like gives an elbow to Chovot ha, to, to, to intellectual uh, duties. In, words, in order to, um, to promote the duties of the heart, he duties of the, the mind, he sort of disparages uh, quite considerably. And he says the following... I was once I once had a room that Rav Chaim claimed it was queer. I don't know. It's, it, it sounds a bit far fetched, but the very fact that there is such a rumor already tells you something about uh, how extreme this opinion or uh, this uh, expression is. Birbachi says, "Why should you Why should you learn uh, all day long iyun? What What do you really need? What you really need is to do halach. You have to be. You, you have to be obviously. You have to be an obedient Jew. You have to follow mitzvot Hashem." Now, for that, to give a working knowledge of halacha, you have to know all the shas. And you know, he points out that, uh, let's say like this, right? If a person gets married, so we teach him the basics of Tarsa Mishpacha. So, they, you know, so a couple goes for a few sessions, they taught the basics, what you call user end, uh, what, we have to, what you have to know. You don't need smicha in the Hilchus Nida in order to get married. You do need a few uh, few hours to spend learning the basics. Uh, the same is true if you get married. You want to know how to put a plot on, you know, or blech, whatever you whatever you want to put on on the you know, Friday before Shabbos. So either you know what your parents did and you follow minhag, or you get a crash course. Once more, Mishnah Bura, my Mishnah Bura, Shvat any of these. Uh, Shuchan Aruch, uh, demolishing uh, Kitsurim. Uh, you, you know, you, what's more, it's not too difficult to give you the basics of uh, how to put a plata. You know, you can, it can be done in, say, half an hour for the basic cases. And now, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, to explain, I'm sure you know what, what you hear from Mordechai often, right? You don't say Amasekhus Trumos in order to go and to figure out how to take Trumos and Mises when, you, when you're in doubt, right? He gives you an explanation with the. It takes a, a, a shear or whatever to explain how to be mafrish. If we have to teach Masech is Trumas, in the call it took us almost a year to state Trumas properly. Uh, and so, um, and Rabbi says, so therefore, if you have a mikrezad, a strange case, ask a shayla. For that we have Rabbanim. So, if you're plata, you know, you have like happens in the yeshiva here every, every Shabbos that there's a problem, you know, that... Uh, and the Shabbos clock doesn't go on. Does, and the Shabbos clocks here are very independent. And, uh, <laughs> and so you have a problem. Uh, ask a Shaila and um, etc. Now, um, let, let me. Um, and I, the, the phrase is "Imi valei the sheila zara." Okay, so you know, so you, you have once upon every time you have a Shaila, So ask a rab. Let me put the question. We, we, what he's really asking is, why is Torah different? In every other discipline, this is exactly what we do. Right? We don't tell everyone, we don't say everyone to medical school. We say everyone should have basic medical knowledge. You know, if uh, you should have the basics, you know, to know what to do. You know, if your kid has an ear infection, you should know what to do, and, uh, you know, <coughs> and et cetera. But 
You know, we train 5%, 10% of the population. We send them to medical school. They're the experts. And so if I have a, sm- if I have a common problem, so I probably know what to do, a, a minor common problem. But if it's something major, or it's something which is, uh, which is rare and not, uh, it doesn't, it's not too common. So I pick up a phone and I ask a doctor. And I don't think that anything's wrong with me that I don't know other knowledge that he picked up in medical school. And the same is true about the legal system. Right? Everyone needs to know the basics. The AP might, not to park uh, when there's a policeman in front of you, you should know even without going to law school. But, uh, you know, broadly speaking, besides the basics of how to, uh, what to you know, what's legal and illegal, besides what you, when you meet on a day-to-day basis, so you don't uh, go to med- you don't go to law school. You know, you, if you have a problem, you consult with a lawyer, an accountant, whatever it is. If you have a tax problem, so you you, you consult with an expert. Um, and if you want to uh, if you, if you want to make a transaction, you you hire a lawyer. No, it's just because once every ten years I have a legal problem, I'm not going to go to med- I'm not going to go to law school. I will uh, I'll, I'll pay whatever it pays to, to consult with a lawyer. And so on and so forth. And we can continue giving you a, a list of every other. Only in Torah do we take everybody, you know, we, so we, we mobilize everyone, and we tell them to go an in-depth study. I mentioned this on Monday last week. We, we don't only do this, um, you know, we just try information. We do, basically the, the Western world has given up upon. We... Uh, take every child almost and we teach them ancient texts in the original. Then it's a massive, uh, think about it, it's a massive undertaking. You have to teach a person a, a language and if we're talking about it's a foreign language, this is not even, uh, it's not their mother tongue. Israelis have that uh, advantage. Even Israelis don't speak Aramaic uh, <coughs> In, in nursery school. Uh, so you have to teach someone a foreign tongue. You have to then have them tr- study and analyze very complicated, intricate texts with hundreds of years of commentary written uh, upon them. And so we expect, with the equivalent of any 18-year-old in this room is doing, think of the equivalent. It's like, it's like everyone here could read Homer in, in the Greek, and not only Homer, but he would introduce them to hundreds of years of, uh, of, of Greek like, classical literature and, and, and follow-up and, uh, and the like. The Western world gave up a long time, a long time ago they gave up on this. Uh, we insist upon doing this. Now, why? Or to go back, now to go back to, and this is, this is really what Ben Bache is asking. Why should everyone be an expert in the field? Why should everyone go to in-depth learning? Let's, uh, we'll give general, general knowledge. And he says, look at all the time that you will free up. All the time can be done into moral imp- improvement, into ethics, uh, and the like. And then he quotes the Gman Brachos. He quotes the Gman Brachos which of course he had to say Brachos to another, in a sense. Uh, but he, uh, he quotes the Gman Brachos. The Gman Brachos is as follows. How come Rishonim had Satya Dishmaya? Rishonim in this case means the Tanoim had Satya Dishmaya. And we have much less Satya Dishmaya than they did. Even though our Yeshivot are much better than their Yeshivot. We study, if I may, if I remember, we study Uktsi 13 times. In other words, at the end of the Gan Shas, they study even Tyros, and in the end of the Shas, Uktsi means that you finish the Shas. They study the whole Shas. And, however, our Tfilot, because Baruch doesn't really pay too much attention, and the Rishonim, even though they knew much less, because Baruch answered their prayers immediately. So Baruch says, Rishonim, Masri, Nafshav, Bishat Hashem. They had more mysterious nefesh. We have less mysterious nefesh. Baruch is Nafchaf. Take a look what we're seeing afterwards. Now, in the Gemara, you just read the Gemara. It's, um, Talmud Torah is important. Mysterious nefesh is even more important. And Rabbi Bachi says it, Talmud Torah is important, excuse me, Shizavish is important, Talmud Torah, esoteric learning, to know all the Mishnahs and Uksin is not important, and he continues along this line. He has very, very, very extreme formulations over there. Uh, but the problem he raises is real. 
And I, I emphasized before that he's then be, he's, this is literally the dawn of Jewish philosophy. Meaning, this is not some kind of question which the hundreds yet to figure out. It's there on the table immediately. What is, um, what in a sense is, uh, is the answer? Or why do we, we, we rejected him. I can, I can say clearly that in Kola Kavod, Am Yisrael, over the generation, has rejected this advice. We've, uh, you know, we've, we've adopted a different position. The Gemara says in Yoma, Avram Avinu Zakem Yeshev Yeshiva, Yitzchak is Zakem Yeshev Yeshiva, Yaakov is Zakem Yeshev Yeshiva, and so the generations, the Yeshiva experience is essential to, uh, not only to our identity, to Avodot Hashem. It's literally essential to Avodot Hashem. And uh, let me now skip forward a few hundred years. From Ben Ubachi, we'll go to Rechaim Belozhin. And obviously, the, the, other, no, the other side of the fence is Rechaim Belozhin. Rechaim Belozhin said, Say Torah Lishma. Torah for the sake of Torah. And that everyone knows, Torah Lishma, da 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 da. But um, why does he, if you look at Nefesh Chaim, and why study Torah for its own sake? So he doesn't say because it's there. He says because of Dvekut. Uludovkabo. Rebbe wasn't saying that this brings you to Dvekut. Now, Dvekut is the ultimate religious goal. Certainly one of them. Uh, and uh, he defines Now, he defines And he says, it's Talmud Torah to Dvekut. And then his whole point is. How do you achieve Dveikut? Through Torah Lishma. Not through Torah and in other forms, but only by studying Torah for its own sake. But that is not the end. The end really is Dveikut in Kodesh Baruch Hu. So let me begin with the... So ready, I can say the following. Everybody agrees that the goal of Talmud Torah is Avodat Hashem. That what we're really seeking is not intellectual knowledge. At the end of the day, what really matters here is the experience. Or, no, I'll say like this. What matters is the knowledge and the experience. But it's not the knowledge per se. Because acquiring the knowledge is part of Vodat Hashem. And Vodat Hashem is, expresses itself through Talmud Torah as well as Tefillah. Before I continue, I'll add the following point. I think it's important for us to recognize but we often don't see because of various cultural influences uh, and the Romantic movement uh, and others, our personality expresses itself through its emotional side, but also through its intellect. Now, intellect is not simply, it's not, we don't have a computer chip up in, our, in between our ears, and so we, have, we want to amass knowledge. It's rather our intellect is part of personality. You express those by analyzing the world, by acquiring knowledge about the world, we then express ourselves uh, in the same way. Uh, just to illustrate it, lo aleinu. If a person loses his, uh, his knowledge, he loses his, his intellectual capabilities, has dementia. We feel that part of the personality has slipped away. We just feel it's a problem that... Uh, we don't feel only that's a problem that, you know, okay, he, he, you know, he, hasn't, he or she doesn't know, uh, lacks knowledge. You know, if a person's confused about the day, we don't say, okay, so he doesn't know what day it is. No, we feel that the personality itself already cannot express itself properly. Because, and we feel that part of it slipped away, uh, because we feel that um, our personality is expressed through our intellect. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, it is a crucial, it's a crucial part of who we are. It's not only a question of having a computer is uh, simply, uh, a computer is knowledge. Artificial intelligence is artificial. But human intelligence is part of the human persona. It's, it's part of personality. And therefore, it's important that without Hashem, should not be only through our emotions, because the moment you do that, you've limited yourself to 50% of your, of your personality. Your personality includes the and nafshechem, 
And therefore, you want both sides of your personality to embrace the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You want to embrace Him not only through your excitement and your energy and, and, and your emotions, you want to embrace the Kaddish Baruch Hu through the knowledge. And you want your personality to relate to Him and to reach out and seek Him through the personality as well. Now, uh, how does Talmud Torah try to achieve this? Um, Maybe to um, maybe I'll read me drasha to to uh, to get the point across. It also um, um, it also will illustrate or be ex- express the point I made before. It's <laughs> Behind the Tsiporin Patakra Bitulicha Afar. Me, no, maybe skip, I'll skip it a bit further. Um, I'm a belavy. Mashalit Traskal. The mission is talking about a person who learns and forgets. He learns, you know, the, the problem we all are familiar with. You study, you study, you study, and then you come to Chazara and you feel you don't remember and you can't, and you're, and you're fumbling for the information. And we basically, we feel that we. Uh, so uh, the medicine follows. You had. Here it talks about Traskal, other means you talk about Dui. You have a bucket which you want to fill with water, and it's full of holes. So what happens? Of course, uh, all the water begins to uh, all the water begins uh, to, uh, to escape, and you you, know, you you want to take the bucket from the ground floor to the third floor. But take the third floor; it's empty. Um, now I'll add, and this is really more towards Chazara. It's not empty. You know, it's, uh, you, you can, sometimes you have a hole, so you wrap the third floor; it's sixty percent full. So it's not full the way you filled it up, but not everything escaped either. But anyway, the Midrash is talking about a person who made the Meshakeach. Mashal and Mam. Misha Tipeish Mawomir. Mani Moir. Machlis Bazem. Motsi Bazem. The Tipeish says, what I'm doing is, is futile. I, I, come, go, it goes in here, it goes out there. It comes, enters here, it goes out there. It enters into the. I, I, I fill the bucket from the, from the hose, and then all the water goes out through the hole. So Masha Machnis Bazem Mutsi Bazem Misha Pikech Mahomer Vilo Kol Vilsachar Kol Chavitu Chavita Ninotel. The wise person, what does he say? In the meantime, I get, I'm being rewarded for schlepping the, the buckets. Or in a different midrash, in the meantime, the bucket is wet. In other words, even though you left out any water at the end, but in the meantime, it was wet and damp, and you, uh, so for that moment, you enjoyed it. Kach mishu Mani Like, what's the point of learning? I forget everything anyways. Mishu doesn't give you the sechar What does it mean? It means that the idea is not to... Now, obviously... If you need a rav to pass on a shayla, you have an aguna. You have a very difficult shayla shabbos. You're not going to go to the person who's lomed l'mishakeach. The same way you won't go to a doctor who went to medical school and forgot everything. If you want to get a psak, a competent psak, you have to go to an expert, and the expert is someone who retains the knowledge and doesn't lose it. But that's not the point over here. The point is, we're not telling you, the message is not talking who's the ideal posik. They're just talking about what's the experience of learning. What the Medish is saying is, the experience per se matters. In the meantime, your neshama is wet, regardless of what you retain. Because the moment you're engaged in, uh, I think for a moment you, you go swimming on a cold day, uh, excuse me, on a hot day. You go, you, you go swimming on a sweltering day. Okay, you, 10 minutes you're out of the pool, out of the shower, so you're sweating again. But in the meantime, you enjoy the time you're in the pool. You had a great time, you really enjoyed it. And this is the point. Forget about what happens. At, you, know, you may forget, but that's. But now you're not even sweating. But forget, so you don't have the knowledge. 
But the experience was there. You connected to Kodesh Baruch Hu. The sense of knowing that I was connected to Kodesh Baruch Hu when I was doing it remains with you. Um, for, for instance, let's say, Bezad Hashem won't happen. Let's say you, you, go, you spend the whole year in Yeshiva. Ten years now, you don't remember Basra. So I could quote to you if, uh, if you want to leave the source sheet later on. All kinds of Yudoshim from Pukeavot and on. How, how, how uh, severe and available it is to forget Torah. But that's, of course, only if you do it on purpose. For whatever reason, you're overwhelmed, you forget. I guarantee you, you still said a wonderful year in Yeshiva. Because you didn't come here in order to be a judge and to pass all day long. You came here to spend a year commuting with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. To spend a year of simply being betrat Hashem chevtzov If you're coming here, you know, to, to, for smicha, so no, no. Then if you, if you remember anything, a few years from now, we're, we're in trouble. But if you come here, uh, would you really come here to spend a year simply immersed in Torah? And immersed in Torah means to be immersed with Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that's what Medrash is saying here. In the meantime, you have the experience. Now, unlike the example I gave before, when you sweat later on, even if you don't remember the knowledge, I guarantee you will remember the experience. In other words, a few years from now, you will still have the sense, I spent a wonderful year immersed in Torah. So you may not remember the Machos Torah Ben Yonah and the Tosos of Machos Gimoshanim, but you, I hope you do. Uh, but nevertheless, you will uh, still remember that you, there, there was it was a wonderful experience to study Baba Babasa when you were at this stage in, in your life. And uh, this essentially is the, it's the point. I, I think I told this last year. I don't remember. Um, Many, many years ago, when I was in Shana Dalad, hey, a group of American tourists came, and Yonatan Shai wasn't here yet. Uh, I'm a bit wider than he is. Uh, I was asked to take a group of tourists to the Zat Nashim to explain to them. I go upstairs, a group of non-from Jews from Denver, uh, and uh, so I begin to try to explain to them what, you know, it goes about me drash. When this guy, he must have been 75 or whatever, he jumps up and says, I'll explain. And he explains whatever he says, and then, and then he says to me, he says to the people, the rest of the group, if you did experience it, you really can't know what it's all about. Uh, so I said to him, after he finished, and he got so excited about it, I said to him, I understand you have yeshiva background. <laughs> yes, I went to sixth grade in yeshiva. And uh, so basically, he left, he left the, the day school after sixth grade, but 60 years later, he still was talking about, I, I, I don't think he was from See, today you're still talking about um, what a wonderful experience. Was, this was the, it was a defined religious experience for him. You know, deep down, it was a, it, it, he was from. Deep down, it was a defining religious experience. And he still spoke about the experience. Kalvachom, uh, when you do it uh, much more intensely and not only in sixth grade. Uh, now, um, this really, in a sense, is the point. But however, now, let me explain. I'll explain in a moment how I think it works, or how I think of Chaim Velozhin explains it. But before that, let me read you another uh, Gemara, which uh, Ramital was very fond of quoting. Um, it's about Erevin. Um, Bruria, Rabbi Mary's wife, Ashkach de Talmida Davikagavis Bilichisha. He was reading with his eyes, apparently. Well, Lechishai doesn't mean he was whispering. Probably means he was just reading with his eyes. Batshabe, she kicked him. Amralei, lokach katuv. Aren't we told, you know, the Pasuk, Arucha bakov shmara. This Pasuk in Mishnah talking about it's Chazal Dashmat Talmud Torah. Arucha im arucha biramach evarim. If it's your entire being, if it's not just your mind amassing, absorbing knowledge, but rather it means you're experiencing it. You know, you're really into it because your whole body is uh, is engaged. Mishtameret, not mishtameret. If you come, you're very adish, very cool, and all you want to do is just you know, I'll pick up the information. That's the Talmud Torah. That's curiosity. Talmud Torah is a ruchah bakol. It means your, your personality is engaged. 
which she, when she talks about Ramach Evarim, it means your whole being is engaged in this. Talmud Torah, so therefore, basically she said, yeah, yeah, learning, you're just uh, satisfying your curiosity. So the first thing to, the first and most important condition is to come, A, for a sense of commitment, and B, to engage, to engage yourself, to realize it, it's your personality which is coming to the table. Not, as I said before, not the chip between your ears. It's your personality which has to be engaged. Tana, the Gemara continues, What's more, Belachash probably means he was just uh, reading with his eyes. Because it's all information, it was just curiosity. So sooner or later, you know, you know the, the the mind is, is you you overwhelmed your storage ca- capacity, so you you forget. But if it's not a um, not simply knowledge, rather it's a deep commitment and experience, then you'll forget because this is not knowledge. To it's something much more important. And I'll already, uh, in a sense. In one sentence, say, I have the answer if you want for the panel later on. Uh, we have a panel, how do you take time off from my professional duties to daven? We just, we just assume that, that that's what your schedule is. Same way, you want a panel, <coughs> how do you take time from my professional duties to eat, or to shower, or to, or to go to the bathroom? That's the way it is, you know. The, the day is twenty-four hours. These twenty-four hours, you have to take out what's certain things have to be t- set aside, regardless of how busy you are or how much pressure there is in the firm. Uh, you still have to eat. You still have to sleep an X amount. You still have to bathe. Uh, in other words, you still have to daven. If you're from Jew, davening is not something which you know if you have time in your schedule. You know, that's how you begin your day. You simply daven because this is the way. This is what your day is. Simply put, it's essential. It's a need in the same way eating is a need. You can't do without it. In the same way personal hygiene is a need, and the same way sleep is a need, so too is connecting to Kosh every morning. So the answer to the panel is Talmud Torah, if viewed like davening, the question is not if. The question is how. Then you, for that you need really the panelists to explain to you how. But uh, if you view it, it's not discretionary time. Or, or, but you view it simply as essential, and it's a hechrach, you have to do it, so you'll do it. Uh, that's a, it's a plan as simple as that. Uh, same way, I, okay, I never worked in an American law firm, Baruch Hashem, uh, but I was in the army. You know, I spent some time in Sahel, I was in Tiranut. Uh, in Tiranut, you never, uh, right... And then that, I brush my teeth every day. I didn't say, well, I'm, I'm so lachut, you know, and then and there's not enough time, I won't brush my teeth. So uh, the same way, you know, the, if you think brushing your teeth is important, so brushing your soul is important. And, uh, and you do that with, uh, with Talmud Torah. So therefore, um, this, this is a sense what it's all about. It's about recognizing that Talmud Torah is really part of your being. Okay, now, uh, having said that, let me try to explain how this works, or at least uh, and why, uh, why should this be like this. So for Abchaim Veloshi, he talks about Ludov Kabo, it's Dveikut. And here I'll try to, uh, actually I'll say three things, one of which is, one, two of which are Dveikut. Before we get to Dveikut, though, uh, there's, there's another reason to learn, but this is less crucial what I'm talking about now. One reason to learn, part of being, part of our humanity is that we're curious. As human beings, we're endowed with curiosity. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but it's, part of being human is having a certain amount of basic curiosity. If you want, this is Eitz Haddad, if you want. And now, um, we don't think, everyone wants to be an expert. Ben Bachi is right upon that. I don't think everyone wants to be a doctor. I do think everyone needs a basic understanding of, of basic biology. In high school biology, we assume everyone has to know. It enhances your humanity. Now, if you, at the end of the day, yes, you are more of a human being if you don't, you know, it's, if you understand that when you put a piece of food into your mouth, you know the whole digestive tract and how the food, how the whole, and the whole di- digestive system works. 
from the moment the food enters your mouth into how it's dispersed in the body and it's translated into energy and how what you can't do, do anything with is, is then extracted and, and, and rejected. So you are, yes, you're more of a God, you're more of a human being. If you know this, then if you just know, I don't know anything. I just know I put the food and I go to the bathroom. Because, and the same is true, basic medical knowledge, basic curiosity, basic you know, knowledge of civics. You don't have to be a lawyer, but you have to have basic civic knowledge. To un- Why? Because this is the milieu we, we live in. We live in a world like this. Like basic knowledge about, uh, about the world surrounding us is part of our humanity. If you are a from Jew, your surrounding is halacha. Right, it's it's not just enough to know and that you know. I, I think the same way you want to have some basic understanding, some you know basic knowledge of um, all these other disciplines. I say be it be it basic biology, medicine, be it basic civics, be it uh, basic physics. Uh, so too, you have to have a basic working knowledge of the ABCs of halacha. You know, this is simply part of the, the world surrounding you that you encounter every day. You, you know that the, you, know, you have to understand why it's not creation, it's not creation, or why um, why a plot has to be done this way and not that way, etc. Now, that, this is I think this is an important reason. I think it's a religious. So let me be clear: it's a religious obligation to express our humanity properly. Kadosh Baruch Hu created us muto, adam, to be a full fledged man. Is a religious obligation. This is part of fulfilling Kashbrochu's desire that the person should be as human as possible. And and therefore, yes, secular knowledge has value, understanding the world around you, and religious knowledge, Kalvachomer. And part of being a mensch, so to speak, a mensch in the sense of being a man, you know, a, a human and it's full, you know, who realizes potential, is a religious value. But this I'm putting aside now, this is not the crucial uh, point. The crucial point is Ludovkab. Now, what, what does Dvekut mean? So, if you're a mystic, and you, uh, certainly a non Jewish mystic, but by mysticism basically, we think that Dvekut is some form of union, some, uh, some form or another. So, of course, in, in Judaism, it can, it's not quite a union, like Ranihad Dam Vachai, but nevertheless, like, the mystics seem to come as, to approximate, to come as close as possible to the Kosh Baruch Hu. Mashal the Mahadavar to a child, a spouse. If you want to be as close as possible, right, we want to hug and kiss uh, our loved ones. So we try to come as we try, we try to come as near as possible. So there's a certain distance which you can't uh, cross. It's true, but maybe also about parent, you know, the children, parents, uh, about spouses. I guess it's a different approaches to marriage. Uh, but even if you cannot, you try to come as near as possible. And uh, right, the child wants to be, uh, to understand, and the four-year-old, he wants to hug and kiss his parents and jump in their laps as much as possible. So this is a form of dvekut. And, and the mystic form of dvekut, you try to lose your personality in a sense, and to grant this greater, to be absorbed in this greater union, etc. In the world, that's not what dvekut is. Dvekut in his world is not some kind of union, it's rather to be associated with. Dvekut means you identify with the Kosh Baruch Hu, you're associated with his, uh, with his forces. And uh, that's, that's what Dvekut is really all about. And now here, basically, I think Talmud Torah serves a dual role. On one level, it serves the first one. Not quite. So before you, you can. There's a transcendental rubicon between us and and the Kadosh Baruch Hu. But nevertheless, it allows us to somewhat bridge the gap. I'll explain myself. Um, we have uh, problems connecting. No, because what's the problem in a sense? The problem is because Baruch is transcendental, and if I want a relationship. You can't comprehend, you can't grasp because Baruch Hu is. So how, how do you reach out to him nevertheless? So, you, so we try to reach out where we can. So for, now let me give you an example. A person has a parent, a grandparent uh, who is no longer alive. 
So you feel very close. Well, let me be clear, and uh, I mentioned this often when I go, when I go to Shiva visits. Um, your relationship continues with your parent or your grandparent even when he's not Balam Hazeh. The relationship continues uh, even beyond, uh, even when there's no physical contact. The relationship continues. You continue to feel close, you continue to try to satisfy. You continue to try to listen and to follow and then to continue the legacy. The connection remains. It just, just can't be physically expressed. So how do you, now, how do you do, nevertheless, feel the relationship? So on one level, you, you know what the values were. You, know, you, know, you ask yourself, what would my parents have done in this situation? What would my grandparents have told me in these circumstances? Uh, is this an expression of his values, etc.? On another level, you you do want to touch physical objects. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Baruch Hashem, we have uh, Bogum in England and not only in the United States. We have Americans who go to England occasionally. A few years ago, I was in England, Baruch uh, Hashem, and uh, they arranged they a tour in the Geniza in Cambridge. You, uh, and, and over there, they have, you can, talk, you can see, uh, you actually see like, the same with this sheet is here. Of Sadigam. There's a letter of Rabida Levi. There's a letter of Rabida Levi's handwriting. Remember, it's of Cairo's handwriting. It says about the Rambam. Now, Chazal say, no, don't be impressed. Never, don't erect monuments with Sadiqim. Just, you know, listen to the Torah. I guarantee you're overwhelmed with emotion. You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Rishav Cairo, who's simply, you know, a person who's given so many opinions, I know his opinions, all of a sudden, here he is, a piece of, physically in front of you. So it's not, of course, the man, but he is. It's something, a physical object. Human beings relate to physical objects. It's over, you're overwhelmed with emotion. It's, I, I remember this, you can see, I still remember this uh, quite emotionally. Uh, the Ramban's seal, you know, his seal uh, was in the museum here about 20 years ago. And uh, I say it's a marvel, it's literally it overwhelms you. And the sense now, the same is true. Of, obviously, that's the reason why people want Yerusha. Like you want to use your grand, your grandfather's kiddush cup or whatever. It's uh, it's not because it's the nicest cup in town. It's because you feel you you you, you can feel the continuity. You're touching out and reaching out to him. Now, because Baruch, we don't have that. We try to do that in Sefer Torah. Part of the reason you, you hug a separate Torah because this is like as close as you can get. You, you know, this is Dvar Hashem and, uh, and it's like you have a precious letter from your parent which you can hold very and you very... I have at home, I have at home uh, two copies of Shum Zechab and Mari Chelek Aleph. One with inscription from my wife. One with inscription from the Rav. You can imagine which one I use. Uh, I used one for my wife. Why? Because I don't care. If, I don't care if you know if if, if, if the you know if the book will be torn or whatever. And uh, you know, no, I don't care. No, I, I, she'll give me a new one. Uh, and uh, the one for the rub. I, I I I used to use it much more often, but I really I try not to use it too often. I'm afraid you know it's it's priceless. It's too precious to, uh, and uh, you know I can't replace it. You know my wife she'll I'll force her to write me another uh, inscription. Uh, <laughs> So it's, it, and this is, and it's, now, look, the rubbish is Torah, right? The Torah is the same in both books. In both volumes, it's the exact same Torah. But nevertheless, even though it's the exact same Torah, and, uh, and what's why? No, my, what the rubbish means to me is not, you know, three lines in a book. Uh, but never, but it means something. It, it, it is meaningful. Uh, and, um, and so we hug we, we say for Torah. We also, we feel this is, this is Torah itself. Even if Torah, even if I couldn't have seen anything, you know, you come and say, my grandfather, Lava Shalom, uh, not the Rav, my, my mother, Dr. Lichtenstein, at Sofi Yamav, he was blind, and he was also hard of hearing, for the same medical problem. Uh, he, he, he was very hard of hearing, and he was also blind. He used to go to Mincha Mayrev, and he would stay for the Mishnah Brewer's year in between. And he wasn't a fool. He, he, he would say, I know that I don't really, I won't be able really to uh, get any knowledge out of this. You know, I won't be able to follow. I can't see the text. I, c- I have trouble hearing the, the Magid Shir. 
and you would say Lashevet in Yudim Shalom Torah. He just felt close. He just felt that Kadosh Baruch was there. Kadosh Baruch was present in the room, and that in the sense of being of connecting to Torah is there. Now, I think when we learn this, part we're trying to do simply, you know, it's this is Dvar Hashem, or to put it differently, what many Bali Machshav explain. Mor Nevuchim, Rav Kook, Ishalacha, Kuzari, Midrash Rabbah. These are all what human beings are thinking about the Kodesh Baruch. Now, these are all what human beings think about him, capital H. It's important, but it's not reaching out and touching him. It's rather, it's the same way, if I'll give you a description, so I'll give a hesped about someone. I, I'll give you a hesped on Bess Yosef. I'll give you a shear about the Rishavkaros Derech Alimut. I'll give you a hesped about the Rav. It will enlighten you, but you won't. If I tell a story, or if I show you the book with the inscription, or if I go to take you to Gnesa and give you the piece of paper, you will uh, suddenly feel connected. And this is what Torah, this is part of what Torah does to us: simply reaching out and uh, and touching. Now, this, however, this is this is only part one. Part two, which is maybe the more important one, is how do you? What does it mean to be an Oved Hashem? What does Avodah Hashem mean? It means to serve Him, right? Avodah really means it's, it's from the root of Evid. Avodah Hashem, at the end of the day, I said worship before, but really, Avodah Hashem is not really worship. Avodah Hashem really is service. You serve God. You're in Oved Hashem. You, and you, to, uh, I'll say, Pasha for 20 seconds, in a sense, this is part of the transition from Noach Tavram Avinu. Noach obeys God. Noach follows what God tells him to do. Avram Avinu is Oved Hashem. He's, uh, he serves God. He try- now, what does it mean to serve? It means you want to work together to further his goals. It was, I am placed myself at your disposal. And whatever you want, uh, Hineni, right? That, that, that's the cry. Hineni, I will do what you tell me to do. I will f- go through and fulfill uh, the, the mission you give me. And this is what Talmud Torah is. We have a basic principle in Yahadus that God handed over the world to man. He, God created the world, and now he, gave, he handed it over to man to improve upon it, to enhance it. And basically, once he, like, Baruch Hu, he created the world, now he tells us to improve it, develop it. Right? And and therefore, we engage in science and technology, and uh, it's a religious goal. To, like the Rev writes about this in, in, in Lonely Man of Faith. Adam the first is a religious goal to better to better the world. To be an engineer has religious value because you are shutaf from It Means you're working in tandem with the Kaddish Baruch Hu to improve the world. It's true about medicine. It's true about technology, about engineering. It's true about all the social sciences that we improve society. It's true about Talmud Torah, first and foremost about Talmud Torah. There are many Midrashim, which I have time to quote now, which talk about the godless of man because you have the Torah in your hand. It's like Kaviyochel, there is an author or an artist, he's working on a masterpiece, and he says now to his apprentice, continue. He takes his masterpiece and he allows the apprentice to continue and to actually fill in or contribute. More, not more than that. He allows, it's, it's like um, you have a president or whatever who allows the aide to direct uh, the policy this way or that way. Because Baruch Hu gives us a mitzvah and you have a kira mishma, one can take it this way, one can take it that way. And you have so many machlokot which reveal different understandings, different conceptual understandings of a mitzvah. <laughs> one tana takes it here, one takes it there. And because Rachel was fine with that. Like, he's, he's giving you, it's like the, the parent and the family telling the kids to plan the vacation, to plan the trip, and wherever they want. And, and he will allow them to... Uh, it, now, it means, in a sense, you're being entrusted, you associate, you're working for him. This is not simply knowledge. This is, you be Oved Hashem. You are now participating, and now this is this is an advanced degree. This is like this, this is a, if you can, if I can be in time, you make chidushi. But essentially, think for a moment about a slightly different model. But it's really it's really the same point, just maybe at a lower level. 
you have a senator, a Knesset, a cabinet member who has his aides, his legislative aides, his all kinds of aides, and he tells the aide to sit in the discussions. He allows the he allows his his advisors to sit in the discussions. They contribute. Know that in the discussion they're on a par with him. When you come, when you come have the discussion, you don't say, "Oh, he's the minister, so therefore he, you know, he talks and I don't." It's rather if you, if you, if if you're a very junior A and you're just beginning, you may feel overwhelmed. But as time goes on, you feel free. And if the minister is a good minister, or, 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 or the senator is a good senator, he allows free expression. He's open to hearing all kinds of ideas. He tells you, you know, your ideas were, you know, it's, if you have a good idea, he'll take it. He, you know, he, and at some point. He'll even let you so forth, take the reins alone. Um, but it begins with the fact that um, it really begins with the fact that you you sit together around the, around the table and you dialogue, you converse, you're part of the discussion. And the crucial point here is that you are viewing the world now through his prism. When you assist an advisor. You don't think I'm being legislated too. You think I'm the legislator. I'm the person. And I have to think through the spectacles of the legislator and not the spectacle of the people are being legislated too. So you become davaic. You're associated because your perspective, because brothers and when you come to think about machlokas and babakamabasso, you're thinking, how does the system want this to be? In other words, you're thinking from the Kaddish Baruch's perspective. And this is what's called dvekut. You are a soldier, or you have a certain rank and position within Skochot. So it can begin with simply being together in the consultation, listening in and uh, sitting at the table. At a later degree, you become, as I said before, you become empowered, and you, be, and you really work for him. You can become a high level, and then you can really work, but it's, it's throughout. The fact that you're, you really are, you're privy to the discussions at Kashmir's table. And, he, and this is called Dvekut. So at the end of the day, we argue about details. We argue about Migo, we argue about Trey Trey, we argue about Cheskes Gil Shanim. But all of this is translated. If you think, what, what does it really mean? It really means that the Torah has a concept of Eidus and a concept of Toin Vinitan, because Baruch lets me be part of the discussion. He lets me be privy to his conversations. He let me make, make the Chiddush. Uh, I... Uh, this is really what it's uh, what it's all about. This is the idea of the Oved Hashem and to, and to have Dveikud. So if to summarize, what Talmud Torah is out to achieve, it's out to make you feel the Kosh Baruch presence because you're here, because you feel this is his Torah. You feel he's in the room with you. Secondly, you feel that, um, as if you feel, you touch your reaching, you, you come as close as possible to But certainly also you're part of his team. You become a member of the team. Become a member of the team. This is that Yavadat Hashem. I'll conclude with a famous, famous passage, but well worth uh, quoting because it really expresses what uh, I'm trying to say. Um, this is the Rebbe's most poetic. Um, it's at the end of Yikashtem Misham. Oreach kavu hayah rambam b'veiteinu. Hayamim yimei svichad abamer shemosh asaba gona chasir v'yelo feinstein ish prujana now he describes here, it's a, very, it's a long quote, and I'll just, you know, I'll ruin it and summarize it a bit. He describes, he was a five-year-old, and the Rav Moshe Salvation would sit and give shir, and he describes how he would see the Rambam trying to fend off all of, uh, the, all of his attackers, and um, here, I'll, uh, I'll skip here a bit. Uh, Every so often, the Ram was in bad luck, or was out of luck, or Ivav, in quotation marks, his opponents, he kifu mikol tzad, hakushot yukashot kibarzel, t'rav niflu mi'abamari. They were extremely incomprehensible. He couldn't figure out what the Rambam wants. Abam ishtakeb, he would read, he would sit there and, you know, and try and think and think, etc., and he describes with the eyes of wonder of a child. He went to his mother and said to his mother, the Rambam is losing, what can we do? You know, it's a tragedy. The Rambam is busy, is losing the battle. Kids, so what really matters here is 
he sees the Rambam in the room. The Rambam is in the room. He feels the presence of the Rambam literally in the room. And then he adds, This um, is a childhood uh, recollection. This is not you know, a, a childish imagination. This is not, neither is it a mystical <laughs> experience. Okay, I'm skipping here a bit. So I walk to my study, or I walk to my shir, and I begin giving shir, I'm, I see at my table all of the Chachmei Mesorah. It's personal. The Rambam Mimini, Rabbeinu Tam Nismali, Rashi Barosh, Rabbeinu Tam Maksher, I'm not forsake. They're all in my study. Yoshvim Zilushukhani, around my desk. Etc. It's a wonderful description. We have to add, of course, the final point, which he's, he's clearly trying to make, though I'm not sure he mentions it here, is at the end of the day, who's really at the head of the table? Not the Rambam, but Rashi Rabbeinu Tam. It's the Kaddish Baruch Hu, B'chvodo Be'atzmo, what Pirkei Avot says, Afilu Echad Sheyoshev V'lomeid Benehem. This is the goal. It's easy, I said before, it's easy to describe to experience this, and I don't have 50 people come tomorrow morning, but you know, I don't feel exactly what you describe. But sorry, when, say when you, uh, when you have children, you don't feel parented every day either. This, though, in a sense, is what we strive to, uh, is what we strive to experience, and this is the idea. Talmud at the end of the day is Avodat Hashem. This is what the Midrash says. When it says, in the meantime, the bucket, you have a great experience, it's the experience of feeling Klosh Baruch Hu, and the Kerem Hashem, the whole Karav, the whole Hashem, 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 the wh